Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Pastor Bernard Karyukimbogua. Pastor Bernard is a resident pastor at Grace Point Church. Welcome to Truthful Thursday, focus on the family. In our hangout today, we catch a biblical vision of marriage. Last week, we did come to the conclusion that there is a biblical way to run and manage our dating relationships as Christians. For this is how the scripture describes you and I. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. You and I are heart-filled saints. We've been sanctified by the Lord Jesus Christ. We therefore have this amazing privilege of dating and eventually marrying and getting married to our fellow saints. Praise the Lord. Marrying and getting married to God's daughters and sons of God. The call therefore is to do our dating by the book, the Bible. If we are to date in a way that is honoring of Christ, then we ought to be informed on the biblical standards of marriage. Truthful Thursday, Focus on the Family, aims to help us get a glimpse of the marriage scripture and visions, and therefore date in a way that eventually produces such a marriage, or if you want it, to produce a biblical marriage, a Christ-exalting, Christ-magnifying marriage. The world over is confronted with the need to define marriage. Unfortunately, in most instances, God has been kicked out of the very institution he established. Guess by whom? By men, you and I, who in our own sinfulness pride ourselves in thinking that God knows nothing or very little about marriage and how to run and manage relationships. We actually come to an arrogant conclusion that the Bible is so silent about marriage and relationships. Yet, if our dating relationships are going to be fruitful, they ought to be aimed at a biblical marriage. Marriage as envisioned by Scripture. Marriage not as the world defines it, but as Scripture envisions and reveals it. This will only happen if we crush the very idols and ignorances of our hearts, repent for doing marriage and relationships on our own terms, and admit that marriage is God's idea, that marriage is God's institution here on earth. We will actually do better to understand that marriage exists only for the glory of God. To this end, John Piper argues that marriage exists to magnify the truth, to magnify the worth, and to magnify the beauty and the greatness of God. R.C. Sproul writes, and I quote, Marriage is not invented by men, but it's ordained and instituted by God. He further argues that marriage is regulated by God's commandments, that marriage is regulated by God's word. 
for our joy and for God's glory. R.C. Sproul continues to write and he says that God ordained marriage not as punishment but for intimacy, for human fulfillment, but ultimately to make us holy, to transform us into the image of his son using the institution of marriage and of court. Since Love Bila Regrets by Pastor Musimi and Pastor Abundo is our focus, this is what they say about the Bible and its penetrating vision of marriage. That God defines what marriage looks like and how marriage works best. Thus, the Bible brings us to that place of humility and acceptance that we are not the know-it-all that we claim to be and therefore we need to submit to God's definition of marriage in Scripture. End of quote and some little emphasis are added. So how does the Bible define marriage? I quote again from Love Bila Regrets, marriage is a covenant relationship between, not one man and one woman, whereby through the loving headship, something the world does not love to hear, where through the loving headship of the husband and the joyful submission of the wife, the two reflect the union between Christ and the church. And the goal of marriage is to propagate the mission of God in the world by the perfecting or the sanctifying of both husband and the wife in holiness and God allowing the raising of godly offsprings for the praise, fame, and glory of God. End of quote. And some emphasis added. Marriage, therefore, is a covenant relationship that points to the permanency of marriage. A covenant is an agreement between two or more persons willingly binding themselves to fulfill certain obligations to each other. This is exactly what marriage is. The writer of Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 defines covenant as a man leaving his father and his mother and holding fast to his wife and they becoming one flesh as long as they live or till death does separate them. Pointing to the fact that a marriage covenant is one that commits itself to the permanency of that very institution. Note that there is a difference between a contract and a covenant. This is actually uh, what Musimi and Abundo uh, argue in the book Love Bila Regrets. And I quote from that very book that a contract is conditional while a covenant is unconditional. In a contract, one party keeps their end as long as the other keeps theirs. If one party violates the rules of a contract, then the contract is rendered null and void. With a covenant, one commits to hold up their end regardless of whether or not the other party holds up to theirs. This is similar to the security Christians enjoy in the gospel with the Heavenly Father. God, our Savior, remains faithful even when we are faithful. That's the beauty of a covenant. God therefore designed a marriage as a covenant relationship. 
there is to be unconditional love and unconditional commitment between a husband and a wife till death does separate the two. To illustrate this lifelong covenant unity, scripture in Genesis 2.24 uses the words holding fast and then the two becoming one flesh till death separates them. And I hope by this you're hearing the language of the permanency of marriage. Unconditional covenant in a marriage relationship is so vital that when confronting the sons of Israel in the book of Malachi, God bling, brings unfaithfulness in marriage as one of the chief sins committed by the sons of Israel. Here, God in the book of Malachi is actually addressing a breach of covenant. And according to Musimi and Abundo, God takes the covenant relationship of marriage so seriously that he becomes a witness to it. They further argue that marriage is not just an agreement between the husband and the wife, but between them, that is the husband and the wife, and God. This means that the husband and the wife have a responsibility to each other and in the sight of God. The husband and wife are ultimately accountable to God to keep the covenant to the very end. Covenant commitment in a marriage ensures that it's a safe place, that marriage is a safe place for intimacy to be fully expressed, where you can be fully known, fully loved, and fully accepted as you are without the fear of abandonment at the first sign of imperfection. So if there is a vision that scripture draws and envisions for us, is a covenant relationship done and witnessed by God, instituted and regulated by God and points to its permanency till death does separate the husband and the wife. So in a nutshell, what is it that we have heard uh, in uh, this podcast? That marriage is a covenant relationship between one man and one woman. That we ought to date knowing that marriage exists only for the glory of God and not for our own fame and vain glory. And therefore, if you're in a, in a dating relationship, kindly date knowing fully well that when you're getting, that what you are getting into is ordained, regulated, and instituted by God. And therefore, ensure that he, the word of God dwells and is hid in your heart richly. Date with all intent of committing to the permanency of marriage, that divorce should not be one of the options under the rugs. Bring into your courtship, therefore, a great vision of God, of who he is, what he is like, and how he acts, and the greater vision that he has drawn for us in Scripture. Bring that into your dating relationship. And therefore, young men and young girls and young ladies, beat the vague or crush the vague, the small, the omitted, the important, uninspiring, that 
without content, no vision of God. That marginal view of God that sometimes we bring into our dating, that ought to be crushed this early. Please also note, and I borrow this from John Piper, that God will be most glorified in our marriages and in our relationship when we are most satisfied in Him. And I repeat something I said last week, again borrowed from John Piper, love, cherish, and value the glory of God above our spouses and above our love beds. Let's pray. Lord, would you help us to date in a way that knows that the institution we envision getting into is ordained, regulated, and instituted by God. Would you help us to saturate our lives and our dating relationships with your word, that we would hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Would you help us to date with all intent of committing to the permanency of marriage. And Lord, would you help us to beat the vague, the small, the marginal view of God and marriage that we have embraced. But rather, would you help us to bring into our courting relationship a greater, a grander vision of God, of who you are, what you're like, and how you act. Help us, Lord, to be fully satisfied in you, that you might be glorified in our dating relationship. Help us, Lord, to love and cherish and value your glory above the lovebirds you've brought into our lives. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for taking your time to listen to Truthful Thursday Focus on the Family. Let's hang out again next Thursday as we reflect on the fact that marriage is between one man, one woman. For now, bye-bye people. Barakatele. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Brisbane Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again tomorrow for a new episode. Goodbye.